0: What is up, Alana? And welcome
1: back to the Active Atlanta podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Swart. And today, y'all, we have someone who I'm really excited to talk with. We've we've been in crossings with our professional networks for a while now. Uh, she it's a it's a really common story that we're seeing in the healthcare field, actually, and it's really good for the consumer as well. Um, we have Christina Ellenberg on here, she's a registered dietitian, certified strength and conditioning specialist. And the owner and founder of the Dietitian Dish. Uh, I won't go into her background too much because I will, I will uh, undersell it for sure. But uh, essentially, she took an opportunity when she found when she got uh, back in 2020 uh, when she got furloughed from her uh, company job and uh, created the Dietitian Dish. And since then, it has just exploded. She's been helping out a ton of people, doing an incredible job with it. So I'm really excited to get more get her on board. She's doing some really interesting things with nutrition as it relates to athletics. Injury recovery, metabolic syndrome, man, a lot. So without further ado, Christina, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast here.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super stoked to be here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm sure I didn't do you any justice, but can you give us just a brief background about like what you do as an RD and like kind of like your little bit of a journey about how you got here, the SparkNote version of it? Of it,
2: Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, growing up, like most kids, a lot of kids, I played sports my whole life. I never worried about what I ate. Pretty sure I lived off the of toaster strudels and spaghetti uh, yeah. most of my, you know, middle school, high school life. And then I went to college and I played soccer at Appalachian State. And I immediately gained the freshman 20 from mm-hmm. the dining hall and just not caring about what I ate. <laughs> Some of it was muscle mass from lifting for the first time. Um, yeah. But then after that, I met with a sports dietitian um, who's now one of my really good friends and mentors, and she just gave me a few pointers on how to simply change my diet, and I made those changes myself, and I just watched my athletic performance just skyrocket Um, without having to train more. I was easily in better shape, Um, and I just really was the first time I really was my aha moment of nutrition and what you eat really plays a role on the outside. Well, simultaneously, one of my loved ones was going through cancer and they're mm. OK now and everything. Yeah. But I just realized that what they ate really impacted how they felt from a day to day basis. And so that became my new passion. Um, I ended up changing my major to nutrition um, and then also have a, a major in exercise science. And then, nice. you know, just blossom from there. And (laughs) so, uh, my business is mostly just one-on-one coaching, uh, one-on-one sessions with clients to work on their individual nutritional needs. And so I don't just make meal plans and send you off. I really work with you on your personalized diet, uh, to just make sure that you're your healthiest self.
1: Yeah. Oh man, that's great. I think like, there's so much there, right? Like I think, um, like most people in healthcare, it's like your experiences kind of drive, like spark an interest that creates, uh, an entire career, which is so cool, I think. Um, and then with, with your work as an RD and what you guys, and what you do over at the dietitian dish, I think it's super neat. Like you just don't hand somebody a meal plan and say go, (laughs) right? Like there's coaching involved with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but what does that coaching kind of look like? So you say, you know, I just don't give you a meal plan and say go, like, what do you kind of help people with in, in that situation?
2: Yeah. So, um, I've actually talked to a lot of physical therapists during, you know, Uh, running my, my business. And so it's pretty similar (laughs) to you all. Like you kind of have a protocol for each injury, but Mm -hmm. every athlete that you work with is so different and, you know, they may not have an hour a day to do exercises on their own or, you know, their hamstring versus their quad strength is different. So you have to work on different muscles to help, you know, Prevent injury, And so for me personally, I look at people's one past medical history, their metabolic labs, um, I look at their day to day lifestyle, if they do have an hour to cook every evening great if they're a busy yeah. mom and they don't have any time to cook, then I help them find solutions for that and so I really get onto a personalized uh, plan with everybody. Um, To help them just get the most benefit out of their nutritional needs. Um, If someone wants a meal plan, they can go online and find it, but people aren't robots. Um, And so not everyone needs to stick to just a certain amount of calories a day or a certain amount of macros every single day. Mm -hmm. And just because one meal plan worked for somebody doesn't mean it's going to fit your lifestyle either. And so I really um, find a love and sitting down with people and learning about them and their lifestyle and their food preferences and, you know, just helping them make choices to become healthier that aren't too extreme where they hate doing it, um, yeah. but also fun and enjoyable in yeah. their lifestyle. And so I always tell people all foods can fit into your diet, but it's just about adding the right foods in rather than just eliminating the unhealthy foods.
1: Mm, that's an interesting point. And probably one that people don't think about when they think uh, traditionally of like, um, cleaning up a diet or like going on a diet or whatever you want to call it. Right. Like it's always subtraction, right? Like it's very, oh, yeah. very rarely do people think about like addition. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really a pretty tough thing. I think, you know, like, uh, I think that the, um, there's probably, you could probably speak on this a lot more, but like, I notice a lot with some some of the people that come and work with me, like they're really underfed is <laughs> like a huge issue. You know, like they're running on, coffee and like maybe a, a yep. one meal a day kind of thing, you know?
2: Oh yeah. I can speak, speak on this forever. So most of us, um, you know, we'll just start the day off really clean, maybe eat, you know, an egg for breakfast and a piece of fruit mm. some coffee. And then you're just running on empty all day. And then in the nighttime you get home and you just eat everything in sight. And so yep. they're wondering why they can't lose weight or, you know, they're having injuries when they're just underfed all day. And then at nighttime they just eat everything. And mm-hmm. so I work on with clients on really fueling adequately throughout the day and on nutrient timing and how to make these choices easier because most people are just running out the door in the morning, don't have time to prep breakfast, but yeah. it just takes a little bit of planning ahead of time to fuel yourself um, during the day. And then into addition of that, people will say, I'm going to cut out sugar. And so they cut it out for about three months. They feel great. They look great. And then as soon as you eat that piece of sugar again, you just binge on it. And, yeah. um, you know, that's all you want to eat. And then you feel really guilty and then you just start over your diet the next day. And so I work with a lot of people on food freedom and how to kind of balance sugar into your diet day to day um, mm-hmm. and just kind of make it a normal part of eating. You know, you don't want to go to a birthday party and say you can't have cake and celebrate one of your friends because you're not eating sugar. Just yeah. have a piece of cake and then kind of go on with your day. And so, um yeah sounds a lot simpler than, um, or sounds a lot harder than I'm making it out to be, but it's kind of someone giving you permission to have that food freedom and normalizing your diet.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I always like, uh, you know, I kind of fall into the, so I used to be like, I think, man, I don't know, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people probably went through some phase of like, just like super strict eating, right. Mm -hmm. If if you have some form of like athletic background or like, um, some form of, if you like have been like in the gym for a while or whatever. Right. And, uh, I definitely went through that. And then like, I kind of did that right. Where I was like, like I would literally, I would come home and I would bring like my, my own vegetables. Cause I didn't think, I didn't think yep. my parents would have like good enough vegetables or whatever. Right. Like, like it was the dumbest thing. And, uh, and now my mindset has totally shifted and uh, that, you know, uh, toward like, I almost think about it, like, just don't be an asshole with food. Right. Like that's, that's kind of how I try to simplify it in my brain, at least. Right. Like if you're going to go to a birthday party, right. Like eat a piece of cake, like it's okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, uh. Or like if you're going to, or if somebody, if you're over at somebody's place, like you don't have to drink alcohol, of course, but like if you do, and like somebody offers you a beer, like, don't say no, just because like, just because you're on some diet, right? If there's other reasons, sure, of course. Right. But like, um, just kind of taking that approach of like, don't be an asshole. Right. Like, and then same thing with the way your food cut, your food portions look right. Like, I'll never forget. This was like a huge light bulb moment for me when I took my one uh, nutrition class in in uh, college <laughs> was like, uh, he's like, you know, you should really treat your meat as a side dish. I was like, huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I never thought of that before. And that may be, not, that may be wrong, but like uh, just kind of like mm-hmm. the whole idea of like um, the typical American diet, like you have like a big old piece of protein, right? And then like yeah. maybe some carbs and just a little bit of vegetables off to the side there.
2: Oh, yeah. And I tell clients too, if your diet is impacting your social life um, and you're the mm-hmm. one like prepping all your meals before you have to go to a party or something, then that's when it's becoming a problem because it's impacting more than just you it's impacting your friends your family as well um, yep. and so totally. again it's just kind of like re-educating things if you're going to a, a birthday party and it's all on healthy foods you can have a snack beforehand and then just have a little bit of the food there yeah. so you're still finding that balance and so that's what I love working with people on um, yeah it's not that's a one-size-fits-all
1: awesome. <laughs> that's so true yeah humans are messy um so then you started the dietitian dish very like sports nutrition focused right and yep. then you've kind of, it sounds like you've kind of like burgeoned into these other um, niches within a niche, right? Um, we were talking a little bit beforehand about what those were like. Uh, so you really like to focus with on um, some other areas, like uh, intuitive eating for athletes, which I think is a super interesting uh, section, right? Um, and then metabolic syndrome or people with metabolic um, diseases or just like complications, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, also, I think it's really cool that you help out with like Injuries or chronic under eating that lead to chronic in, uh, pain, too. Yeah. Um, can you kind of like, I know that's a lot, but can you kind of mm-hmm. touch on those three different areas there?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, being an athlete growing up, I've always had a big interest in sports nutrition and just enhancing my diet to be a better athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I haven't had super disordered eating, but with that comes more restrictions where it was impacting my social life. And so as I worked with athletes, I started realizing that there's so much pressure on them to perform at a high level that Mm -hmm. they were severely restricting their diets, either to try to have a perfect diet, um, which they didn't have enough education on to fuel themselves well, Mm -hmm. or they were just under such pressure. They were using food as a control, um, to kind of take that pressure off. And so with Working with athletes, some of that blossomed into working with intuitive eating and reteaching athletes how to eat and fuel themselves. And a lot of the athletes I worked with were chronically injured because they would be cutting carbs out to hit a certain body weight. When in tune, you weren't fueling your muscles with enough glycogen or glucose and glycogen to actually fuel your sport. And so their workouts were actually hindered because they were burning uh, fat and muscle for their workouts. And so it all kind of just layers together. And then with that, um, I started working in a lot of gyms and a lot of people at the gyms were just doing exercise to help reverse chronic disease like diabetes and high blood pressure and things like that. But they'd go to the gym, work out and then go home and eat, you know, a, a sodium bomb of a meal afterwards. And so yeah. it's just little tweaks in your diet, um, which I love helping others with to really mm-hmm. reverse metabolic diseases and help them get off, you know, insulin or a statin or different types of medication as well. And so yeah. all three of those kind of work together in a way. Um mm-hmm. And so I will give people meal plans if they're really, you know, need it or something, but I love teaching people how to just refuel themselves. And I'm not a super strict dietitian. Most people think that I'm the food police or, you know, you can <laughs> never have salt or you can never have sugar, but I really work on balance, um, yeah. with people's lives and just normalizing eating, but in tune, helping them make healthier choices as well. Yeah. Um, and nutrient timing is way more important is, than people think too.
1: Yeah. Dude, I bet it's, man, it's like, uh, when I think about like the cycle of like information of what's good and what's bad, uh, with like anything in health and wellness, but like nutrition is a big one, right? Like, um, autonomous information out there. Uh, and like, uh, and like, I think something as simple as the egg, right? Like (laughs) one decade, it's the greatest thing ever. The next it's like the worst, right? Um, so kind of like the same thing that you're talking about, like, and helping just be more of like that information clarifier for these athletes is, it's, it's awesome.
2: Yeah. And um, it's, it's also not their fault because there's different totally. studies on both ends. And then my aha moment in grad school is I was reading a study on how sugar is not that bad for you. And I was like, okay. And then I looked who funded the study and it was Coca-Cola. So you have to even look <laughs> deeper than just reading abstracts yeah. and studies about who funded it, what kind of study it is as well. So I'm here. All my stuff yep. is evidence-based but i'd sort through the research for you and just lay it out for you
1: yeah and that's awesome right because like i had a press that was like uh you know there's lies there's damn lies and then there's statistics right like you can manipulate those bad boys for anything um yeah yeah you know it's interesting like do you notice uh well one i've I've got a couple questions as it pertains to like your athletes and the and the and when when i say athletes too like definitely like the traditional athlete but i'm also thinking like you know over at athlete potential we believe that if you have a body you're an athlete right Mm -hmm. so like when i say athlete i'm thinking really anyone that has like that active mindset or something that's like wanting to take care of their body, right? Like that's a sport in and of itself. um, The sport of life, if you will. Uh, But um, when you're working with these athletes, do you notice that um, it's probably under, is it under, um, not talked about enough and just like the pressure on men with nutrition and sport. Um, That's one, that's one area I want to go into. Mm -hmm. And then another one is uh, do you, are there people that have better, like tolerances to like those like heavy sugar meals or like to a higher load of sodium and like of like how the body like a little bit of a resiliency or just better tolerance to it. Mm-hmm. And then like, and then is that a way you kind of work your nutrition um, game planning around with these athletes that you work with?
2: Yeah. So, um, that's an interesting point too, is again, we're not all robots. And so some people can tolerate more sodium versus people that can tolerate less sodium. And so that's where the metabolic labs really come into play. I don't require Mm. people to get a metabolic panel, but I highly, highly recommend it. Anyone at least over the age of 30 should be seeing a primary care doctor at least once a year. Um, And so taking those labs into account um, are a huge factor for me. And so I have some athletes who their blood pressure is normal, um, their sodium potassium levels are normal, and they just can taste salt in their sweat as they work out, and so those mm-hmm. people do need a little bit more salt um, in their mm-hmm. diet. So, again, I'm not super big on like this has to be the number that you have to stick to, but I do give ranges um, mm-hmm. for people as well. Well, where the average American eats about. Um, four to 5,000 milligrams of sodium a day when it's actually recommended to have about 1,500 to 2,000 yeah, milligrams <laughs> of sodium a day and 2,300 yeah. milligrams is a teaspoon of salt. So it's very little salt, yeah. but again, athletes may need more, um, mm-hmm. salt in their diet or people who work out and, you know, taste that salt in their sweat. Yeah. Um, and then the other question was about, um, uh, just men and
1: men and uh, like nutrition with their sports as well. Uh, cause like I think it's very easy, to, or it's not very easy, but it's a, it's a, um, very obvious that that's a pressure in women athletics, right? Uh, Maybe less spoken. I'm curious to see if you've noticed any type of like, um, if you've seen it with your, your male athletes that have that same level of pressure.
2: They do. Um, some men like will make the joke that they've embraced the dad bod, um, you know, mm. that's come to surface from the last few years, but then I have some men who are so strict on their diet. Um, Mm -hmm. that there's no wiggle room in their diet. And it's quite scary that it's not as surfacey as the woman's disordered eating as well. Mm. And so um, they actually take more work, in my opinion, to Mm -hmm. work through normalizing eating, because they're less likely to come forth about their feelings about things where with women, you can talk about how foods making you feel and hormones and things where men are less likely to um, talk about that stuff. They just kind of, you know, strap up their boots and go on with their day. And they don't, they don't need yeah. help in that area, but there is a significant increase of, um, you know, men with disordered eating. And I've actually seen a lot more men have chronic injuries, um, than I suspected would because they're under with carbs or it's mm-hmm. under in general.
1: Yeah. dude, I bet, man, I think that there's like, um, you know, it's interesting, like it's kind of similar, like, uh, so, you know, we recently hired, um, uh, a couple of different pelvic health PTs in, our, in yeah. our different markets that we're in. And so like taking just like a deep dive into some of the research and some of that stuff. And it's really interesting when you pull up studies from like 2008 to like 2022. Right. Yeah. And like yeah. the prevalence rate you would think is like, Oh my God, what's going on with women? <laughs> yeah. Let's go. What's going on with everyone's pelvises, right? Like mm-hmm. the pelvic floors and like nothing. It's just, it's becoming more accepted to talk about and it's becoming more, um, and that's you know it's becoming like an issue that providers want to be able to help with right mm-hmm. like and I and I feel like that's probably the same thing we'll see that trend I bet continue in like men with athletics and, and body dysmorphia and everything as well as like yeah. all those things are still around and they always have been it's just like you said like bu- buckle up buttercup like I don't mm-hmm. know right like <laughs> um, so I'm glad that you I'm glad that men are talking with you about some of these issues as well
2: yeah and um you know, it's, you just have to dig deeper into them. And um, one thing, again, I love working with different clients is you get to know different personality types as well, which I'm sure Mm. you do as well in your field. Um, And so I love working with different personality types, which is something that just keeps me on my toes every day.
1: (laughs) For sure. For sure. And I think you brought up something interesting too, about like the um, chronic under eating leading to uh, like chronic injury, right. Or pain. Um, Can you kind of talk about like what you, so like, let's talk, let's start off with an easy one. Cause I know that's like a huge topic or not an easy one, but a little bit more defined one, right? Like uh, if somebody has a surgery, like, so say somebody tells their ACL, yep. what are some of your, like, um, what are some things that nutrition can help out with? Cause I doubt most people are thinking when they get, go and have a surgery, like, Oh, need to make sure my nutrition's dialed in. Right.
2: Yeah, no. So, um, i thankful you picked ACL cause I've had three ACL surgeries. Unfortunately, oh, w- yeah. wishing on my worst enemy, but, right. um, you know, it starts with prehab, which I'm sure you tell your athletes as well. The more you mm-hmm. build up that muscle around the ligament in your knee, the better off you'll be post-surgery because I was shocked after surgery when I couldn't even lift my leg. like It was yeah. actually quite insane to me, but... Um, you know, even before surgery, you need to make sure you're building up that muscle mass. And what that entails is working with a the therapist um, mm-hmm. to do some prehab and then making sure you're getting adequate protein in throughout the day. And mm-hmm. at certain intervals, your body can really only metabolize a certain amount of protein um, mm-hmm. in a small window. And so trying to make that more consistent rather than just eating a ton of protein at the end of the day. Yeah. So essentially, it will just tax your kidneys. Um, so that's yeah. one example. The other example I kind of touched on earlier is just making sure you are getting adequate carbs in your diet to make sure mm-hmm. that you are fueling your, your muscles with enough um, glycogen for storage later on when you use up that glucose where a lot of people think low carb right now is the way to go. Um, But Mm -hmm. for athletes or anyone moving in particular, it's just about certain carb ratios throughout the day. Um, Again, because if you eat too many at one time, then your body that isn't broken down by insulin will just get stored as fat. So it's about that certain ratio um, throughout the day. The other example, um, kind of an extreme example, uh, but hydration is like one of the most important things anyone can do for their body. And yeah. um, I worked with NC State Athletics, and the dietitian there gave this example, which just has always stuck with me. Yep. If you think of a hydrated muscle as a juicy steak, um, you can't really tear that steak super easily. It takes you know more effort to tear. Whereas if you think of a dehydration dehydrated muscle is beef jerky. It's just super easy to tear. Um, mm-hmm. and so just think about your own body and being well hydrated too. Yeah. Um, wow.
1: That's a great, that's a great example. Yeah.
2: And you know, hydration moves nutrients in and out of your cells. Um, it helps just bring cushion to your joints. And so it's just super important is, um, for hydration. And then if you think about fat, um, and your diet as well, you know, heart healthy fats are things that we need. If you mm-hmm. think of it on a cellular level, um, Every cell in your body is made of a phospholipid bilayer, which is a fat soluble or a fat, um, essentially fat protecting your cell, letting good things in and keeping bad things out. And so it comes down to just cellular level of nutrition to enhance mm-hmm. your recovery um, Yeah, or just, you know, talk about macros with it. And then if you want to talk about micronutrients and antioxidants and inflammation, we could get into that as well, but um, it makes a big difference for recovery.
1: Totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think like, um, the hydration part's a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, a that's something that I recognize that I need to work on, uh, a ton, right? Like, cause it's kind of tough. Like when you're, when you're client facing all the time, um, like, uh, to make sure that you're getting that constant nutrition or that constant hydration in, um, question for you, this is more for my own personal benefit, I guess. Like, uh, if you with neutral or with hydration, right. Um, can you get your recommend? can I just like chug like two big things of water like at certain intervals throughout the day or is it kind of like uh, like protein where it's like you can't you, – your body can only do so much with so uh, at one time?
2: Yeah, I mean you can chug water throughout the day. It's not as strict as protein. Um, okay. But I recommend, you know, like between clients, take a sip, a small sip here or there. Um, yep. If the client is going to get a drink of water, you take a quick sip of water, um, and I recommend mm-hmm. spreading it out throughout the day, basically, so you're not just urinating, you know. <laughs> night, yeah. Or, you know, you drink a bunch before clients come in, and you're you know urinating all day. Yeah. Um, but I'd rather you sit there and chug water than not drink any at all.
1: Okay. At cool.
2: Um, but I can help later if you have little, if you have questions <laughs> about trying to drink water throughout the day. You know, it is yeah. hard when you're a client facing, and then especially during covid when you were wearing masks all the time oh
1: man yeah just wrecked right yeah just wrecked especially early on like you have to step out of the room to take your mask off it was a big yeah yeah um yeah yeah that's awesome and then what about creatine does creatine does uh post surgery is what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. specifically here like does do you ever recommend creatine for people after a surgery or is it pretty much like man just stick with like pro like a classic like stuff here and then we'll kind of get and then we'll get after it later on
2: yeah, so I talk about just basically on your if it, your goals. So if your goal after surgery is to help build muscle mass and be back as quick as quick as possible, um, and you know get back at the gym, then I I may recommend some creatine. Um, but I don't recommend creatine lo- loading for those types of athletes. Um, it really depends on their goals and the athlete. Um, I do think creatine can help, and I work with some athletes with creatine. But if you're a high school athlete or a middle school athlete, I don't recommend starting supplements that young. Um and then even at the college letter level level, you want to make sure it's NSF certified. Um, and I also would talk to their strength coach as well about creatine before just throwing supplements at people. Yeah. Um, I try to do whole foods first, but um if I do recommend supplements, that's a supplement that's pretty regular and standard into um you know people's practices. Yeah, it seems like too.
1: um Yeah, it seems like the the big dogs in terms from a supplementation standpoint that really show like but really, like consistent, like beneficial. Um, is one is creatine for sure? Uh, protein, and then what's the other one I'm, I'm missing? Oh, caffeine. Like from a yeah. performance enhancement standpoint, right? Like, uh, there's others one. There's others that have good research that maybe sort of in the right situations, right? Mm-hmm. But like, let's maximize other things first. Uh, Does that get frustrating for you from your standpoint as an RD though? With like, um, all these people coming in think they've got like the next best thing from a supplement standpoint, or like, uh, or do supplement companies just kind of like frustrate you in general with all these uh snake oily like uh, like rainbows and butterflies that they sell people?
2: Yeah, so it can be frustrating. I kind mm-hmm. of get where people are coming from, though. If you can just take a pill uh, totally. to Heck magically yeah. just, you know, snap into good nutrition, why mm-hmm. not do it? But at the same time, I was having athletes come in and taking carbs through a supplement and I was like, just eat bread. Like you're getting <laughs> some fiber from the bread. You're getting some, you know, other vitamins yeah, and minerals. Fortified.
1: From you're getting some of that stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: So I'm, I'm really more foods first. Um, again, cause you can get all of your nutrition through your foods and rather than just sitting there and eating all this powder. Um, I yeah. have people taking like powdered greens, which again is fine, but you're essentially missing all the fiber. They're not regulated by the FDA. So, you're not exactly sure what you're getting. That's um, so a big for... thing that people
1: need to realize too, is that like, you know, it's a, it's a drug industry that's not regulated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's So crazy. if
2: you ever want to look up supplements, consumer labs, I pay for it, but I can, you can test the research or look up research on what's been tested for the potency oh, wow. of things. Because some people, again, with IBS do need some extra supplementation to get totally. their vitamins and minerals. So I'm on board with things like that. But if you're just doing, you know, taking microgreens instead of eating broccoli, Yeah, I recommend eat some broccoli um, (laughs) as well.
1: Yeah. So you're also getting like, oh, man, now I'm really pulling back some terminology from from uh, my one college class. Uh, Is it the phytochemicals that you're looking for uh, to help like fight off the free radicals? um, Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Check that out. Right. Um, That you're trying to get from like you can't get that from a supplementation, though. Correct. Like that's what you get from actual like eating and digesting. Yep. Fruits, veggies, whole Mm -hmm. foods.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, And then again, prebiotics, probiotics are in whole foods as well, which you're missing out on gut health, which is a new topic as well. Take a supplement Um, for
1: your gut health then, right? Like,
2: (laughs) I know. And so it'd be it's the easy way to do it is just take supplements and eat whatever you want. But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is unfortunate, you know, I think like, uh, because you're right, if we able if we were able to get like the health benefits of like whole foods through supplementation, you like heck yeah man like that's that's so much better right? you know like yeah. you don't have to worry about meal prepping it's like it's a lot less like of a time-consuming thing like yep. um it takes a lot of decision making like i get it right and you start thinking about it and like we were talking about it before the show started like how busy biz- how much uh busier life gets with like kiddos in the mix right <laughs> yeah. like okay. uh because how old are your twins again
2: they're nine months
1: oh my goodness yeah so <laughs> nine months and my son is six um don't know how you do it too but like Totally get it. Right. Like in terms of like uh, your free time is just gone. Right. And then like you yeah. even talked about like kiddos that like or like parents that have kiddos that are like uh, in youth athletics. Right. Like yeah. now your free time is really gone. You know, oh, yeah. uh, like all their after school activities and everything. So like I totally understand the benefit and appeal. And like you said, like sometimes there truly is medical necessities for these supplementations. Yeah. Right. Like they're around for a reason. It's a good thing. But Um, I do think it's always really interesting when people, cause I get it all the time, like, and I'm not even an RD, right. Um, I get it all the time when athletes are coming in and be like, Oh, have you heard about this supplement? I'm like, yep, no, but stop, (laughs) you know, like how about you sleep? How about you get, how about you focus in like eight hours of sleep a night first? And then we'll talk about this, like, uh, this pre-workout that you want to take.
2: It's funny though, because on the flip side, I saw an ad for something to wear around your neck to help with concussions. And so oh, I yeah. actually asked Ed Miller, I was like, what do you think about this? Like I have nephews that play football and he's like, mm-hmm. don't buy that. Just strengthen your neck muscles. And I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> like, you know, I got suckered into the, yeah. the advertising thing out of my field. So totally. it goes everywhere and, you know, advertising can get you.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, marketing's really good, right? They find really? pain points and they uh, expose those pain points and then they provide a solution for it. So yeah. Um, no, we're getting good at that stuff. So, um, yeah, no, I totally agree. And then, so like when you're working with, uh, let's talk a little bit about, so we've talked a little bit about like, and in, some intuitive eating for athletes, what I think is really interesting because, um, I may be, I don't know if it's still terminology now, or maybe I'm misremembering, but like, um, I re- I had somebody talk about like a, uh, like it's called like secondary obesity. I think is what they called it. Or it's like who, when athletes stop playing their sports, <laughs> right. Yep. And like oh, yeah. now they don't have like, but they still have all the same eating habits. But they're not they're not ex- uh, expending the mass amount of calories that they were like playing sports seven hours a day. You know, um, oh, yeah. see a huge uh, increase in weight gain there. But uh, so intuitive eating super important. I I love that aspect in terms of just like you know because it really takes it away from like, uh, like this like rigid like macro counting calorie counting, which all that is important. Like we know what we're trying to do, right? Like mm-hmm. you, yes, you need to have you're trying to lose weight, you probably need to be in some form of like, depending at a very basic level, like having some form of calorie control is important. Right. Um, and then, but, uh, I'm really interested in talking to you about like some of the metabolic work that you work on with people too. So like, um, because that's like, I don't think people realize just like how important it is to like, like you said, like at least go to a a primary care provider of some sort, whether that's a functional medicine provider, right? Like whether that's like uh, you're like a PCP in the traditional sense, like somebody should be helping you quarterback your healthcare. If nothing else, you should be getting some variation of lab work from like, uh, oh man, why am I blanking on their name? Uh, having some third party lab work done, right? Like, uh, just so you can get, take a look under the hood, see what's kind of going on. Because like, if you're humming at red line, right. Or if your blood pressure is high, like Mm -hmm. your systems are being strained is what that means. (laughs) Right. Like, your, your, your systems are running hot, like, and so like, you may be fine, you may feel okay, you may not realize how bad you really feel, first and foremost. Yeah. And then two, like the long term effects that that has, like, is so important, or is so like, can be so detrimental. Uh, so what do you typically help out with people when they're coming in with like high blood pressure, high cholesterol? Um, and then is it frustrating? You find a lot of people get frustrated when they're like, I'm doing all the things and I still have high blood pressure. What the hell?
2: And so some of it is genetic, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, cholesterol, specifically something I've noticed is genetic and a lot of people have higher cholesterol, but um, I usually don't have people get frustrated because a lot of people will get the results. It's just a matter of cutting down on certain certain foods. And I don't ever tell anyone they can't have something. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times, you know, if somebody's eating just hamburger and French fries at a restaurant, I say, great they'll get that, but add in some broccoli on the side and maybe get a kid's portion of French fries. And so essentially they're cutting down on salt in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think MyFitnessPal and those things can be good tools, but nobody wants to sit there and track in every single calorie that they're eating forever. It's time consuming, it's stressful. Again, it makes it more disordered eating. And so I work with a lot of people on relearning their hunger cues, because a lot of times I'll ask people, well, when are you hungry? And they have no idea because they followed an app for so long. And so Um, I kind of work on all these things in tandem together to kind of reteach you how to eat. I do set some, you know, some, some loose rules of like, try to aim for less than 2000 milligrams of sodium a day, or, you know, maybe start looking at saturated fats on labels to help lower your, um, your cholesterol, but try to add in more fiber through these foods. Um, And so again, it's all about balance. And instead of people... Keeping, you know, every nutrient on the app. I have a portal called Practice Better. um, That's HIPAA compliant. And I do all my sessions through there. I just have clients keep a picture food journal so I can oversee what they're doing. And then, um, you know, I help them make changes from there as well. And so the big word is just balance of all these things. You don't have to cut anything out, but we work together on things to cut back on and things to add into your diet to help reverse, you know, metabolic disease. Um, Mm -hmm. And then people start feeling better. They're noticing that they can still maintain this diet without having to be super restrictive. Um, it's longer, it's drawn out results. So it will take longer to get the results rather than, you know, like a whole 30 or a quick fix, but you see mm-hmm. sustained substantial results and they're sustainable long-term.
1: That's awesome. Super so stuff.
2: yeah. And that's yeah. something that's really hard for me to get through people as I've done diets for so long and mm-hmm. I see results like that, but my method again is drawn out, but then my goal is for them not to need me ever again. Once they've kind of maintained their goal,
1: Yeah. Um, you're really helping like you like you're you're a subject matter expert that's helping with a specific like lifestyle habit mm-hmm. is what you're doing. Is is almost it's almost it's a better way to look at it really like you're a consultant for your healthcare or a consultant for the nutrition, right? Like
0: yeah. Um,
1: I think that's a much better way to put it. Or, or like in my brain, right? Like uh mm-hmm. because like it's so much more like look, if you want to just get a meal plan, right? Like you can go online, go find, you know, go talk to your local like nutritionist, I guess, right? Like Um, that it's not hard to find like a meal plan of give me a week long meal plan of 1500 calories a day, right? Like, or 2000 calories a day or whatever, right? Like, uh, -hmm. it's not hard to find those. Those are really easy. Um, but when you want to work with the prep, but like when somebody wants to come and work with you, it's like, uh, you're really getting that huge. Um, well, one, you're getting all the bullshit put aside (laughs) right? Like, uh, like, look, like what are your goals? How can we fit this, uh how can we fit your goals into your lifestyle, right? Cause I think that's a big thing that people don't forget. Like it's yeah. not like here's these things that we need to do. It's like how do we get your goals to fit your lifestyle? And then how do we yeah. get your lifestyle to be where you want it to go? Right. Like yep. uh and then once you get there, cool, maintain it, man. You don't need me anymore, right? Like yeah. that's and- awesome. <laughs>
2: that's the goal and then share what you know with other people too um but you know going back to kids i used to be able to cook every meal every night and now i'm like oh my goodness there's children screaming so you know it's about meal prep ahead of time but not spending all day sunday cooking for hours um so it's about making your goals work for you to still get a balanced meal and you know what sometimes we just order chick-fil-a and we're happy Uh, all
1: day right Yeah. yeah Um, <laughs> yeah. but they built that you build that resilience through working with you. Right. Like uh, you can get yeah. that display. if you're doing everything else, right. You know, don't get it every day, but yeah. Um, well, Christina, thank you so much for getting on the podcast here. It's been like, yeah. I, this is a topic that I find super interesting. Um, could talk about it forever. Right. Uh, yes. but I do want to be respectful of your time. Um, if somebody wanted to, if somebody got a lot of value out of this and they wanted to be like, man, how do I find this person? What's a good way for them to contact you or what's a good way for them to start kind of like working with you?
2: Yeah. So you can shoot me an email at Christina at DietitianDish.com or just look up dietitiandish.com. You can click on the discovery call button and book a discovery call with me. And I'm happy to chat with you. Um, you know, I always have a 15 minute discovery call before working with clients just to learn if we're a good fit and what you're looking for. And that's the best way to get in contact with me.
1: Awesome. Christina, thank you so much for getting on the show.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athlete's Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.